You are now tuned in to Greater Life Podcast with your host, Ivan. Welcome to Greater Life Podcast. Uh, this is uh, my friend Vin here joining me today. Hello. Uh, Vin and I go uh, a little bit about him. Me and him go a little way back uh, to high school. I met him uh, in high school and, uh, you know, he was one of those kids that would hang out with everybody, pretty diverse. Uh, yeah, right? You would hang out with everybody. Just collection, uh, collecting uh, protection money. <laughs> yeah. You know, like and, um, <laughs> you know, just, you know, I guess my... my one favorite memory and the one memory that I always bring up is him reenacting the Bruce Lee. Wow. Um, I, I didn't o- even remember that. I always think of Vin when I see anything that has to do with Bruce Lee. Um, if you <laughs> want, not, if you want to, if you want to reenact it right now, but, uh, you can, it's actually a compliment. So, you know, you can always reenact so, it too. If you want, we're good. <laughs> you could like split screen it or something. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. So, um, you know, just a little fast forward, uh, ahead, right. Uh, after high school, I ended up transferring out to a different school. I probably didn't see him yeah. for a couple of years. Uh, bumped into him in Hoboken. Um, yeah. we're pretty much going to have to re- tell this story cause I don't remember this story. Too well, much. yeah. So we, we literally, I saw him at a bar. It might've been like Bahama mamas back then when that Jeez. existed. And, uh, rest in peace. Yeah, for real. The best Thursday night. Uh, spot for karaoke. My, son, my son's down there. Yeah. Um, Playing poppets for the first time. Shout out to Caleb. Shout out to Camille. <laughs> and uh, Wait, real quick story. So my son, so my son walks up to me one day and he's like, he's like, my nickname, my nickname's Camille. I'm just like, what? <laughs> like, is he? Does he? Because it, it sounds like a very like um you know predominantly black name right camille yeah and i'm like maybe he saw it in a movie or something and got inspired i was like okay cool yeah that's awesome right and then finally like maybe months later i'm like where'd you get camille from and he's like no i made that up i really did and it was like because my initials c m l camille and i was like <laughs> wow wow my kid is more creative than i thought okay anyway shout out to camille yeah um Continue, continue your story. So, yeah, just that story was quick. I mean, I saw him at Bahama Mama's. Uh, then I think it was called Teak. And uh, after that, I was at uh, Cluck U. Shout out to Cluck U in Hoboken. Does this still exist? I don't know. They had the best chicken wings, chicken fingers, like I thought back in the day. I got to take you um, to Canes, bro. You got to come to Houston. So, uh, yeah, definitely go to Houston. <laughs> So I saw him again there. We reconnected. You know, again, I had him do the whole Bruce Lee reenacting for my friends as we were all fucking drunk. And uh, it was it was it was it was dope. Um, Again, you know, fast forward to a couple of years, maybe five years later, um, you know, we would stay in touch on social media um, just randomly. And, uh, you know, I want to say, like, thank thank you. Right. uh, For getting my spiritual for allowing me to kind of, or helping me grow my spirit, spirituality, yeah, spirituality, right? Is that how you say it? I don't yes. know. Um, but he put me onto Hillsong Church and, and you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Uh, um, just little talk, I guess, that we had that one time. And, you know, through that, we've became spiritual brothers, I feel like. Uh, we've talked about um, a lot. You know, we've, we've gotten to know each other uh, within the past couple of years, I guess, yeah, a, a yeah. year. So, you know, um, and, you know, I just want to say yeah. thanks, man. He's a true friend, you know, somebody I can definitely go and oh, talk to about that, uh, anything that I'm going through or, or vice versa. Uh, but, uh, 
now we're here uh, to talk about Vin, because uh, one thing I don't know about is actually his childhood, <laughs> oh, or growing up, or or you know what's his family How like. How much time and, do we have today? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, um, you know, what's he, you know, what's he's doing? What what is he doing now? Um, to uh, raising a son, I know he's a motorist as well. Um, so that's pretty much my intro for my boy Vin, R E M T. REMT. Oh, well, REMT is uh, just so I don't know if you mentioned it, but REMT is real estate movie trailers. It's a um, real estate uh, video production company that I started uh, two years ago um, in uh, beginning of 2019. And yeah, it's it's fun stuff. Yeah. I'm, and definitely, I think we'll we're, we're definitely going to get into that ASAP yeah. probably sooner than, yeah. than you expect. But uh, wait, let me see your arm. What does that say? Where? Right here? Wow. Yeah, bro. So right here, bro. Yeah, yeah, bro. What is this? Yeah, spiritual. This? Oh, wow. That, huh? We're so lame. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. So, uh, we, yeah, looked, man. we looked up tattoo uh, ideas on Pinterest and uh, we got matched. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, bro, like, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself, bro. Like, uh, you know, your background, nationality, siblings, uh, anything, you know. I'm, I'm Vietnamese American. Uh, I was born here in America. You know, um, and uh, I was actually born in uh, Secaucus, New Jersey, Medical Center. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where the real Metal OGs, lands. where the real OGs are born. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I grew up in the East Coast. Um, you know, I was a Jersey City kid. Spent a lot of time in uh, New York City, Manhattan, Lower East Side, Chinatown. You know, because uh, a lot of my family businesses were there. Um, back in the real Chinatown, you know, not, not, not the China, not the Disneyland Chinatown that's right now, but, um, you know, um, but man, yeah, those are, those are some of the days, like when they used to have like a uh, Chinese new year out there. Yeah. Have you ever been out there? I've Chinese never, no, no. And like the streets were like red from all of the firecrackers that have went off, like just literally like a sea of red on the streets. That's because, cool. You know, and that was like the real days of like Chinatown, like in its prime, you know, People selling like fake Louis bags and like and that's you know, Prada already. bags, yeah. Oh, you happens. know, like yeah, but it was like more. It was like happening back then, yeah. you know, like. But yeah, I grew up. I grew up around that, you know, like. Um, this is like what Chinatown in. Nineties. The nineties, the, yeah. the early to late nineties. Um, yeah, and then you know I got I got my roots also in Jersey, you know, like uh, we went to school together, Hudson Catholic, you know. So uh, where, before Hudson Catholic, where'd you go? Like, did you go to a public school? A I went to school, a, I went to a couple of different schools, but I think um, I didn't transfer to Hudson Catholic be, uh, until sophomore year. Yeah, that's when I met you. I think yeah, sophomore. year. I don't year. remember you too much my freshman year. But Actually, no, freshman year. Was it? Because I I have family down in Virginia. Okay. And during that time, um, I had the option to, like, try to go to school down there. So I went down there for, like, a marking period. It was, like, a semester, like, three months or whatever. And, um, you know, uh, something happened where I had to, like, move back. And that's when I transferred to Hudson Catholic for the first time. And it was my first time being in, like, uh, an all-boy school. Oh, bro. You know what I'm saying? That was... But yo, for the record though, for the record, everybody's like, oh, all oh, boys boy school, school, whatever. Yo, we were sandwiched by two all girls schools, all right? St. So, Dom's so and. So don't even. So technically, we 
were the supply and demand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's facts. No <laughs> <Full> cap. <laughs> Except for like you know those dudes that like uh, went off into college and like would pick up their high school girlfriends like after school oh, in their that. cars. I would see like you know? the cutest girl in front of the school, and I'd be like, hey, you know, why don't yeah, you go yeah. talk that, to her? That, and then, then then their college the boyfriend, boyfriend comes up rolls up uh, in their parents' BMW. Um, anyway. <laughs> so so before you went to Catholic school, though, were you in public school? Like, would you say yeah, grammar so school wise, or if so, if, if I can remember, um, I went to public school in Jersey City, or to different was this places. Virginia? I think no, said, no, no. So Virginia only went to school that freshman year, but okay. uh, it's been in Jersey City. Like first grade, I went to PS twenty five, Nicholas Copernicus. Is that in... Uh, that's, that's the Heights. Yeah, that's the yeah, Heights. Yeah, yeah. That's right off of um, Zabriskie. Yeah. And, uh, I know and, where that's um, at. Uh, JFK. Yeah. Kenny Boulevard. Um, yeah. I went there up until, like, what, second grade? Second grade. Um, funny story in second grade. I don't know why I was like this, but um, I remember one time I was using the bathroom. <laughs> I was like, excuse me, teacher, can I go to the bathroom? And I went to the bathroom, and for some reason, I don't know about you guys, but I daydreamed when I was, like, sitting on the throne. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, like, I would lose all track of time. And uh, and then I realized that there's no toilet paper. <laughs> and then, uh, and then like, me, like a jackass, like, I didn't know what to do, so I just sat there <laughs> until they came and found me. I was like, what the hell is taking this kid so long? So the teacher came in, and uh, she was like, what's taking so long in there? And I was like, there's no toilet paper. <laughs> So, <laughs> so she comes back and she's like, oh, okay. She comes back, hands me a roll of toilet paper. Um, and then she's like, all right, hurry up and finish up and then, and then come back to class. I'm like, all right, cool. I don't know why, but I literally used the toilet paper and then I threw the rest of the roll in the toilet <laughs> I don't know why. Like a, like a whole ass roll, like a brand new roll. I don't know why. I remember this story because immediately when I did that, I ran, I went back into class and the teacher's like, Where's the rest of the toilet paper? Like, yeah. and I'm like, in the toilet. I was supposed to give it back. Like, oh my god. And then she, and then I was like, I threw it in the toilet. She's like, what? It's just like one of those like crazy kid stuff. And now that I have a kid, like he's he's seven right now. He's about to be eight. Like, there's just some things that like I don't know what goes through this kid's mind. But now I can remember like times where. I was just a complete idiot for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I think we've um, all been there. Yeah. <laughs> we've definitely all been there. So, yeah, a brief history of uh, me and toilet paper. Anyway, um, so, so... So the only reason I'm asking, I mean, because I, I, I ended up going to Hudson Catholic for two years. I, I did, uh, I grew up in West New York. I went to a public school. Mm -hmm. uh, then from sixth to eighth grade, I actually went to a Catholic school. Yeah. That's how I ended up going to Hudson Catholic. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I was in Hudson Catholic for two years. Uh, freshman, sophomore year, and then I transferred out yeah, yeah, yeah. to uh, a public high school. And the only reason I ask is because like I, I've always felt like there's there was such a difference between public school and, and Catholic school. Yeah, well, especially in the East Coast, like you know, in the, in the urban areas, you know, like I grew, I like when you watch, I don't know, like a Disney show or something like that, right? And you see like these kids in elementary school and stuff, like that's like suburban stuff, like that's like stuff in like decent neighborhoods right but when you grow up in like an urban area like jersey city or like new york city or whatever like the schools like the public schools is they're dangerous man like i feel like we were growing up in the last phases of like dangerous school you know what i mean like like you ever watch like you know I mean, dangerous you, minds yeah dangerous oh yeah right like like that's we, we 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 yeah we kind of grew up like luckily i didn't go to high school in the 80s yeah 
right? Where it was literally like, you know, kill or be killed yeah. kind of a thing, just going to school. Um, but we grew up in the final phases of it where like things started becoming a little bit more vanilla, right? Like a little bit more chillax. Um, and, uh, you know, sure. There were times where I had to run to keep my shoes from getting stolen. (laughs) Right. Like, but at the same time, like people don't understand, like I had cousins that grew up in suburban neighborhoods and, um, you know, they went to a regular public school and everything, everything was peachy, you know, like everything was like normal, like just the quality of life and the quality of school was just so much better. Uh, but for us, public school, it was literally like the wild west, bro. Like, and then Catholic school was the only, uh, private school option in urban areas right. that like where you had to wear uniforms and you had to like, you learned a little bit more about like order and like, you know, uh, discipline and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like would you, back to would you, you put Caleb in a private school, high school or public high school now? Like, in well, the, where, well, where say, we are, well, where we are, in, I would, well, yeah, I would I'm in Houston. I'm in Houston. Right. Um, here, I don't know. Like, I'd probably put him in a in a public school. Um, I don't know, in a private school if we were living in more of an urban area. Yeah. Uh, just because it has like the discipline and the dress code and the order but i know that what what is it now like well i know public, public school has, dress, has dress codes, codes now, and stuff like, like that they have now. their own uniforms but how is it like now that. i don't know what it's well, like in the, the last only reason years. i'm bringing it up too is because like i i did both like i half my school career i guess yeah. right i did both public and private and and um i feel like if i would have stayed at hudson catholic you know it being a private school um yeah. not to shit on like public schools because there's yeah. a lot of good public schools out there yeah. um I had, like, guidance counselors and, like, teachers really kind of, like, own in and focus on their students and help them uh, further their career in school or whatnot, right? Um, I remember when I went to, like, the public school, high school I went to, um, I met my guidance counselor, literally met her and never saw her again even after I graduated. Like, I don't even know. Well, was she hot enough? That's probably the... Probably not, no. no. (laughs) But, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, when I think of that, it's like, you know, I have my daughter of my own too, right? Um, And Caleb, obviously, is far ahead from from high school. But I always think about that. And I'm like, man, like, I I would want my child to go to private school because I want them to get that attention. It's almost like you're paying for attention, right? True. And, well, the thing is, like, the thing is, like, private school, yeah, it's less students. um, So you do get a little bit more attention, which is good. Um, but then also like, I'm, I don't identify as Catholic anymore. Right. But just growing up with that kind of structure and kind of being introduced to a little bit of like spirituality and religion and stuff like that. Like it started the foundation, I think of like being aware of, you know, the supernatural and, 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 you know, being aware of like, uh, God and stuff like that, you know, um, even though I don't necessarily agree with all of their methods, yeah. but at least coming from a background of that, as opposed to, you know, going to a public school where religion isn't a class. Right. You know what I mean? Like, um, uh, but yeah, I think if, if it was the same, I'd give them the same experience that I had as far as like, you know, that, but I, I graduated high school in Cranford, New Jersey, uh, which is, um, a little bit more suburban. Um, it's, a you know oh you didn't graduate school, from hudson no nah, oh you're crazy like, i didn't even know that you see like like i was only i only went to hudson Catholic for two two years yeah perfect deans uh mr dickinson or something like that I or remember. i don't remember uh but 
I had too many lates, and, and so, like, I, I had to be let go of that school. And then afterwards, so I went to St. Al's. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, St. Al's, which is a co-ed Catholic school, like, down the block. Um, and uh, I went there for a year, learned some things. Uh, and then finally my senior year, um, my, uh, my stepdad you know, uh, is from Cranford. So I went to Cranford High School for my last final year. Oh. And that's where I graduated uh, high school. Was, but, was that a yeah. private or public? It's a public school. Yeah. It's a public school. Cranford High School is cool. a public school. But, you know, it's like it became like one of those like nice suburban like public schools mm -hmm. where like, you know, it's a better, better upkeep, you know, better attention, you know, stuff like that. And um, so it was a different experience, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, I totally forgot about all that about me until you just asked me now there you go yeah. bringing it up for a reason i live I in the moment <laughs> yeah so uh did you go to college i took a year off actually yeah yeah i took oh. a year off um my, i think my career really started when i was a junior in high school okay um well i didn't start then but that was when i realized what it is that i wanted to do which is and uh which is uh at the time was being was. a photographer uh, and this is before Instagram. This is before social know, media. Is, yeah, social media. This is when like MySpace was a big thing. This is when Facebook was getting top big. fives, baby. Yeah, Facebook was getting big. Um, but even just the digital camera realm, this is when like the 5D Mark One came out. Canon 5D Mark One was one of the first, you know, good digital cameras that came out. Shot 12 megapixels, which is like wow. big, a big deal at the time. Um, talking about 2007, 2000, no, yeah. 2004, 2005, yeah, yeah, 2006. Two, yeah, two, yeah, something like that, wow. like 2004. And, um, you know, my career actually um, unintentionally started when I was 12. So my mom, uh, my mom and dad, uh, my biological dad, they started a, um, a wedding business when I was really young, like even when I was like, a, like Caleb's age, like a kid, you yeah. know. And uh, she built it from the ground up, you know, um, and I have to thank her for that. She's like super hardworking and um, that alone is his own story. Yeah. But I'm just going to give you the gist. I would gist. love to get into that yeah. one day, you know, give I you even, the gist. even speak to her and, you know, I think yeah. that'd be cool. But basically, like, um, she had this, like, in Chinatown, there are, like, you've been to Chinatown back in the day, right? Yeah. You know how, like, you walk through an aisle, like, through a building, but then there's, like, tons of stores storage on the inside. inside? Yeah, yeah. She had the one that was all the way in the back that was literally the storage unit that turned into a, 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 a little thing for, a little room for her. And she opened up her, like, one-chair salon that was Dope. back there, you know? And literally, like, there was by the bathroom, so people would, like, continue to go in and out of the bathroom there, and, like, she would just start cutting people's hair and didn't even know how to cut hair at the time, you know, like, uh, had People to, around yeah, with half cuts yeah, literally, literally had to go through all of that, like the growing pains of that and, learning. and even like people like disrespecting her saying like she was nothing, like why is she, why is she trying to sh cut hair yeah. and she got better and better. And then she saved up her money, saved up her money. Then she started to like, um, get in like during the time the wedding business was big right like selling wedding dresses and all that stuff and even in the vietnamese community like uh, traditional vietnamese gowns and stuff like that so in her community out there she started to sell the dresses out of that salon right oh. uh, out of that tiny yeah. little probably no bigger than a an apartment like nah, a bedroom, not a bedroom like a bedroom, a, a bedroom yeah. literally and she would have like dresses hanging there and i remember just being like a kid running around like playing around with her salon uh like 
cotton balls and like <laughs> putting it on my face and making it look like a mustache. Um, but, uh, you know, and um, she built it up until the point where she ended up buying her own store, um, giant store that was maybe like 1,500 or 2,000 square feet, which is huge in New York. Can I just say talk about inspiration? Like, yeah, that for, whole for that's sure. just like you haven't even yeah. finished your story, but like that yeah. just inspired me, right? Like, um, that's part of greater life to me, you know. Like those inspiring stories are the stories mm-hmm. that I want people to listen to and 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 relate and share. I mean, she came yeah. from Vietnamese, right? She's yeah. she, Vietnam. She came Vietnam, and, yep. and she started from the ground and built her way yep. up, you know, like yep. from the streets, literally, like. You know, um, that's anybody. Anybody can do that. You just got to have that will, you know, yeah. that hustle, that mentality. Yeah. You got to be strong because you said people one were hating things, on her. One like, of the things I definitely one of the things I definitely like being a child of experiencing that, but then also being a, an American child yeah. also and being in this culture and, um, you know, also like relating to millennials and Gen Z's and stuff like that. Like we're like right in the middle of that. Yeah, like like what I gotta say is definitely like we're in the entrepreneurial age where everybody wants to start a business and like or start their own brand or fashion line or, or even company podcast. or whatever, right? Yeah. And um, I'm gonna steal this from Peter McKinnon where he says, you know, done is better than perfect. And a lot of times I think that the younger people or even people in my generation, our generation, is that like we're trying to do things so perfectly that we don't allow ourselves to fail and we don't yeah. allow ourselves to also adjust right it's one of those like well you should do it and adjust along the way yeah right and even me like i used to complain to my mom like how come she did things like this why don't she do it like that like it's embarrassing or it's just whatever like you know this person they look all put together you right. know but the thing is is like my mom's hustling you know what i'm saying like she's like she's literally trying to make ends meet she's yeah. trying to sell by any means possible right, right? like like you know um, for instance sometimes it looks ugly i was gonna, i was just about to say that success is ugly yeah right and, and like, that's the thing that's the thing like people think like people think that like you know there's a certain way to go about things and sure when you get to a certain level and if you can afford to do that but really the lethal people the people that is the ones that do whatever it takes yeah. right and not by and whatever it takes in a righteous way, not not in a not in a like you know a steal kill no, and cheat yeah, kind of like way, but like yo like what? for instance like let's just say we're out and about, and you need to sell you need to make five hundred dollars as I say today yeah. right, you would literally the person that's desperate and that is that has the balls will walk up to, even if it has to they will walk up to each person. And somehow try to get money out of them. Right. Right. I'll sell you my shirt. I'll say I'll, I'll cut your lawn for you. I'll, you know, um, what do you need right That's now? Nice, you know, yeah. what do you need right now? Oh, it looks like you need suntan lotion. How about you give me, you know, this? I'll go get you suntan lotion, but whatever. Right. Like, like just making up a way to offer a value, offer a service. But it's the people that are willing to do it ugly yeah. because that takes balls and that takes like, you know, a, um, a, a can do attitude. Yeah. And even if you get rejected, like like this that attitude to keep going right so she built it from the ground up and that's how she was able to save money you know even though people like you know were laughing at her or yeah. whatever she just kept going and yeah. she and you know and what I'm saying? laughing now right exactly <laughs> like we're on we're in seaside park right now like you know hanging around like million dollar homes and and you know like on the beach chilling yeah. right like you know and that came from somewhere so the, um mm-hmm. yesterday we were on the phone and you were like yeah you're gonna go around and ask people about like real estate like if anybody's interested right and yeah yeah, like like okay yeah would you say that that kind of like thinking like after that story being like you're sharing that like 
That's like your mom. Like your your mom yeah. going out there hustling right now. And well, it's a little bit different, right? But it but still like yeah, right? you're right. You're right. You have some like that bloodline or something that your mom like you saw what your mom was doing that it instilled you and inspired you and say yo you know what or motivated you, you know what my mom did it you know i'm based right. out of houston right now i'm here on vacation visiting family but i still want to make money out here mm-hmm. nobody really knows me out here but i'm gonna walk around and i'm gonna well i'll tell you something like to be honest i haven't gotten to like I'm grateful for my business. My business makes money. I've been making consistent income, you know, and stuff like that. But it's still in its growing phases in the sense where it's like, if I don't work, I don't, I don't eat. Right. right? So, but that in the sense that's, that was your mom. Right. Exactly. I'm still, so I'm still in the growing phases and you know, I am on uh, a trip right now to take my son to, you know, visit his grandma and stuff, but I'm away from my home base. But at the same time, like, I brought my gear with me, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, always working, and, and always not you're, working. Or, or you're always working, yeah. always working. Like, so rather than, you know, like how much, how long can you lay on the beach for, you know, before like you just wasting time now. Yeah. Right. And, and there is a bit of anxiety in me from not being able to relax for too long because it's like, like you get to a point where your work and your progress and your growth become your joy yeah. and not just like, dicking around you know what i'm saying because it's like you know yeah you need to rest you need to rejuvenate yourself and stuff like that but like at a certain point like you got to keep growing or you're going to die right and rather than just sitting around doing nothing you know or dipping my feet in the sand right like i could go around and you know try to get new customers or i could shoot something you know or whatever and you know whether they bite or don't that's that's up to them you know what i mean yeah, but that effort's there, you know, the will. Yeah. Um, that desire. Oh, people don't understand. An ugly dub is still a dub. Yeah. An ugly win is still a win, you know? And, and you know, sometimes it's going to be ugly. Sometimes it's like going to the gym. Sometimes you're going to feel motivated to do it, and it's going to feel awesome. And sometimes you're going to be dragging your feet, but you just show up, you know what I mean? J- just want to say, how about those times when people feel like, oh, I got to get up to go work out, right? Yeah. That feeling after you worked out when you didn't want to wake up and do it. It's true. Right? So, so it, it's it's yeah. similar, right? Like when you yeah. think about it and you kind of want to like, yeah. you know, I've, I've done that a lot of times where I'm like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed, but I should get out of bed, go work out. I Everything go work is- out and, I come, and I'm done and I'm just rejuvenized. And I'm like, I'm ready to go like do whatever, go climb mountains and, and yeah. who knows what. Yeah. Um, but yeah. You know, I, I learned, I learned a long time ago. I learned a long time ago. Um something and another side note i i make all these side notes because i'm having all these connections right but like sometimes just because you learn something doesn't mean that you've adjusted to what you learned like knowledge and wisdom are different right like knowledge and execution are different so like something that uh like somebody taught me a while back was you move a muscle you change a thought right like everything is connected everything's connected mind body soul spirit people that think it's all separate like you know like even when it comes to sex or anything those things like you know like everything is connected right what yeah. you eat and all that stuff oh, and not sure. and i'm not saying that like i'm some guru or like i do everything perfectly but the fact that i know these things and the fact that you know i know that like i manifest and i do whatever it is that like i choose to do yeah i know that i'm in control of my life like obviously there's some things that i can't control but because i know that i am responsible like like 
you know, my mood, I'm responsible for my mood. I'm responsible for the attitude that I have. I'm responsible for the decisions that I make and all that stuff. Right. Um, and because I know that I can't blame anybody. Right. But the beauty about taking responsibility and not blaming other people is that you have the power to change it. Yeah. If I blame you for something or if I blame, oh, like, you know, this person, you know, fucked up or whatever, or, you know, it's this person's fault or that person or the car wasn't this or that, whatever. If I blame it on something else, I don't have the power to change it because it's on them. Right. But if I take responsibility, like, okay, it rained today. I could have brought an umbrella. Right. Next mm. time I'll bring an umbrella. Next time I'll bring a tent or whatever. Right. Like we can adjust our sales. We can't control the wind. We can adjust our sales. So in the same way as like I carry that through certain parts, you know, yeah. of my life. And I think the part that I'm really guilty on is like sometimes I might beat myself up too much. Yeah. Right. Which is also not good. Right. So don't condemn yourself. And like you said, changes your mood. Right. So move them also change the thought. So it's like you ever like not want to clean your room, but then you start like making your bed. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, then you start moving some stuff around. Yeah. Then you start like, and then you end up cleaning the whole room. Yeah. It's like that. It's like you just, sometimes you just got to start. Like the hardest step is sometimes the first step, it you is. know, like, um, it's every morning I feel like dude. And, and like, you know what I'm learning in my, in my old age, no, <laughs> but what I'm learning is that like, dude, like it's a daily it's a daily maintenance bro it it's is. not it's not set it and forget it like people think like just because you learn uh, a certain wisdom or a certain thing or like you know it's like every day you got to eat yeah like like i can't i can't just fill myself up yesterday with all the food i ate and then today i'm good like i ate good for the rest of the week type right. thing no i gotta figure out like yo i'm gonna eat today like what am i gonna do today i gotta shower every day you know what i'm saying like um, shower every day i don't <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> But uh, no, I, really don't. I was wondering what that <laughs> smell was. Uh, but, you know, and that's the same thing with some of the lessons we learn, like patience. Like you want to be a mature, patient person. That's one of the hardest things for me, because like growing up, I process things really fast. And sometimes I wasn't patient enough for people to catch up with me. I'm like, yo, yo, you got this already? Yo, yeah. yo, come on, catch up. I gave you the answers already. Yeah. But one of the things as a leader, sometimes you got to like you got to understand that people process things at their own time. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, just being patient, you know, is a daily thing, yeah. you know, is I think, I think patience goes a long way. Like my, my mother, I'll, I'll, you know, when I was young, my mom used to always preach in Spanish. Necesita tener paciencia, right? You need to have patience. Si, si, si. And like, yo, she used to no like really, really drill it. Be patient, be patient. Yeah. You're too like, you know, un impatient yeah. and you need to learn it. And I think now um, and probably within the last couple of years, like it's really hit me more where I'm like, I've noticed that I am a lot more patient. Like yeah. something would trigger me and tick me off right away and I would get upset or I'd throw a tantrum or whatever. But Whoa. now I'm more like there's it, patience. Bro. It's like, you know, be patient, understand why it's happening. Yeah. Think about it. And, yeah. you know, don't don't react. Right. Yeah. Don't react. Don't react. That's exactly. Don't um, react. Respond. Respond. But. Take your time to respond too, and 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 right. I, I mean for me that's that's right. helped me in my career. It's helped me in relationships. It's helped me in in friendships or anything. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, man, patience is is a virtue and and it's key in life. Well, they say you know uh, uh, it's it's written that you know love is patient, and I never really understood, you know, and I never really understood necessarily w what that meant. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think a lot of people's definition of patience, and I'm guilty of this too, is that 
patience means like we'll put up with somebody oh. until we're done with putting up with yeah, them. Yeah, no, no, that's not being patient. That patience has no time limit. Yeah, it has right? none. Like patient, like true patience. What I'm learning has no time limit, right? And yeah, I understand there there's some things that are time sensitive or like whatever, and we need an answer. However, real patience, especially when it comes to like love or your career or, um, you know, like even raising a kid, like that's that's love, right? Like we can't have them be how we want them to be on our time, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And the and the patience is knowing that like even if they screw up right now and they don't get it today, or even if they don't get it tomorrow, we still show up because love love keeps showing up every time you know what i'm saying like exactly that's what true that's what true unconditional love is whereas like whereas like they like will we still be there even if they don't get it today or tomorrow and and that right there is the patience part exactly that right there sums it all up you know and and you told me about like not that you told me but like you explained it to me one day about unconditional love that it just to me i was like oh i never looked at it that way and right. I, that's probably helped me with my own patience for just sure. in general with everything because here here's where it is is like you ever like stare at the clock when you're like you, when you punch in for work yeah. or something like that and you're just like okay only only one more hour yeah. but the hour feels like it's like 10 hours right because you're literally staring at the clock waiting for it to get to a certain thing and that's the funny thing about time is like in our attention if we think of patience in the term of like a, a finite time like that then it's like the hours click away so slowly, mm. right? It's like it's like oh my god, like like how long is it gonna take you? How long is it gonna take you? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like like that. That's why we get upset because we have an expectation. But if we know that it will happen in its perfect time, and all we gotta do is just keep showing up and sh- keep being kind and keep showing love and keep just being there. Those yeah. little gentle seeds, those little gentle you know watering the plant daily, 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 like just little by little. God will do the rest of the work, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the whole patience part is really, you said your mom kept telling you to be patient. Like right now I'm trying to teach my son that too. Like where he's just like, he's just gets so frustrated. Like, is it going to take a million thousand, thousand hours? Are we there yet? Are Are we we there there yet? And it's just like, it's like, bro, if you just let go of the focus of that and just allow it, just know that it's going to come and just allow it to come to you. It'll come to you before you even know it. Yeah. Right. It's like it's the same thing as like, you know, I, I relay it to uh, ordering an Amazon package. Right. You same thing with prayer. That's how I feel. You know, like when we put our petitions to God and stuff like that, it's like when you pray something just because it doesn't happen immediately doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Right. Right. And and our anxiety of wanting that instant gratification. Right. is like but we don't know the perfect timing of things. We're not controlling the universe. Mm-hmm. We don't know every, you know, you know, what I'm saying like we don't know every yeah. single move that happens. There's like billions and bajillions bajillions times infinite you know things that are happening so it's like when we order amazon package once we press place an order we know it's coming right you know what i'm saying mind you it tells us like three days four days whatever but we still like after a while you forget about it and then a lot of times i have packages show up and i'm like oh it's finally here i forgot (laughs) it felt like christmas you know what i'm saying but imagine if you did that with your blessings imagine you did that with everything else like whether it's healing or you know like uh, financial breakthrough or love or whatever it is if we just let go of the control and we know that it's coming to us you know what I mean and and you know I don't, I don't want to run a tangent but it's like the big game changer for me spiritually is when I prayed from victory and not for victory mm. you know what I'm saying 
with the gems. Yeah, you like know what I'm saying? Like, like, like from victory, from victory. Not Me, for victory. Yeah, because like Jesus already did the work. Yeah. It's already completed. Yeah. We are already saved. We're already won. Yeah. Freedom is here. Yeah. It's it's the difference between uh, having access and accessing something. Yeah. Like I can give you the key and you have access to the house, yeah. right? But if you don't use the key to open the door, you ain't gonna get inside. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So in the same way, it's like when I started praying from victory, meaning that like I already have it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. When I press order on Amazon, I already have yeah, it. Technically, yeah, I yeah, paid for it. Yeah. It's just getting to me. Right. So in the same way, it's like patience is that same thing, too, where it's like you have that belief and that confidence in somebody that they're going to get it one day. Yeah. They're going to get it. And until then, I'm still going to show up for them. I'm still going to be kind. I'm still going to try to encourage them. Right. And sometimes that means turning on a little bit of pressure sometimes that means stepping back yeah. and letting them process you know but that is some of the things i've learned in in the last few years of like really being a leader and really loving on people you know what i mean yeah no, that's that's yeah. that's great man yeah you know um um so yeah talk to me a little sure, bit about bro. remt bro what is remt uh you know? the gist of it well um where it started from so remt stands for real estate movie trails is a company i started just the inception of remt like i think it would be really helpful for people um as an entrepreneur and as a creative um a few years ago even though i knew i wanted to do something in the photography or or video realm or something like that like i knew that i i had a skill you know yeah. that I wanted to do something in that skill. And coming from New York, like, I wanted to do editorial fashion, commercial, all the glamorous shit yeah. that everybody wants to, like, it's you know. Theater, right? Like, in, and my platform is uh, photography and film, right? Yeah. Or, or video, right? Um, and I just like to make things, like, yeah. in that realm, right? Like, telling stories or making cool commercials or dumb TikTok videos or whatever, right? Um, but this... Uh, I guess going back to the story, man, we ran off on a whole tangent, tangent bro. Hey, it's cool. It jeez. <laughs> we, I'm thinking about where we started this conversation. So We're 40 about, minutes in, and, and it geez. doesn't even feel like it. But oh, my God. So my mom. So, okay, going back to my mom's See, story. See, everything oh connects, my connects God. back to her. Like, But isn't that? Like, so I find lessons. that crazy because there's things that I feel like I do now, and I think back about, like, my mom, like, what she was doing. Yeah. And it brings me back to her, and I'm like, I freaking learned this from her. Or, like, yeah. Go yeah. ahead. It's just, dude. It's some some like, seeds don't blossom until later on in life, yeah. and it's crazy. Like God works in mysterious ways, man. Like, it's it's nuts. Anyway, um, so going back to my mom's thing. So my career actually started at twelve. So my mom started this wedding business, and when she got her own store and stuff like that, part of the wedding business was, you know, doing wedding photography and all this stuff. And this is like during the days of like shooting thirty-five millimeter rolls of film, right? Like we would walk home with like bags of like film that we shot that day, right? Um, and so my dad was the main photographer, you know, um, and, uh, my mom was a makeup artist, you know, she was selling wedding dresses, selling packages, doing limousine services, you know, uh, doing, you know, also starting, you know, every, every time she thought of a new idea to make money, she would add it to the business. Like, okay, yeah. what does a wedding need? Oh, they need flowers arrangements. Okay. They could tack that on, you know, oh, you need flower arrangements? We'll do everything. You want tuxedos? We want, you need a, a, a wedding cake dress. You need a, a wedding dress. You need dresses for the bridesmaids. You need to dye your shoes. Like my mom thought of, you know, back then. 
I was like a snot-nosed kid that like basically was like, oh, why are you working all the time? Yeah. Like, why don't you play with me? And then plus me being like the only child, you know, like I'm just like running around the store like like daydreaming, you know, like like doing my own thing or whatever and wondering why my mom was working so hard, you know, and um, I, I didn't know any better, you yeah. know what I mean? But like now I know like my mom is just hustling. Like if there was another way to make money to tack onto the bill, like let's do it, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like why... Why only sell you one thing when I can sell you 50 things, right. you know what I mean? And why go anywhere else? I got you right here, right? Yeah. And so, like, you know, um, so at 12, being in a, you know, uh, Asian household, right? Like, my mom put me on in the family business. So I started to go and assist my dad on wedding jobs, right? Yeah. So I would go, this is before I even took pictures. Um, but... Uh, I went with him and I like held the lights and I held the flashes when he were, he need more rolls of film. I'd go get more rolls of film for him. Yeah. You know, I would switch out the lenses for him and stuff like that to the point where like about a year later, my mom was like, all right, you're ready to go do your own job. So she literally at like 12 or 13 years old, I was shooting people's actual weddings. Wow. Like, and my mom took a big do risk. Do you have any pictures of that? My like, mom probably does. I don't know. That'd be like, cool if we can get that. I don't know. Just, like, like add it to this or like, dude, on, like, I, like, but like, Man, like at the time, I freaking hated photography. Oh. Well, because you weren't. It was a family business. Yeah, it, was it was. It was like a chore to yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like some reason, it didn't click to me that for there was photography outside of weddings, right? Like at the time, I just saw photography as like, oh, that's just something like my mom wants me to do, right? And I'll tell you like the story of like, you know, like during that time, we would shoot rolls of film and you don't see like on digital cameras you don't see what you're shooting yeah so you yeah. actually have to learn the skill of proper exposure you got to learn composition and Angles, and you got to take the you got to take the film home get it developed you look back at it and see what you did wrong you can't just look on the back of the yeah. camera and be like oh just move it up a little bit and yeah. move it to the left like type of thing right and like so there were like you know i screwed up on some weddings you know and my mom had to take the heat for that right but although she sat me down and I remember like late nights, like being so sleepy and stuff. But what we used to do is we would develop the photos and that's when she would look at it. And then let's just say there's like 12 rolls that we shot. We got to mark them on the back of the photo. A, B, C, like like all of one roll is roll A. Yeah. All of roll two is roll B, you know, C, D, keep going. Right. And then we do A1, A2, A3, whatever. Right. Or the number that's on the back of the print. And that way, you know, people could do, like, enlargements or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, I like photo A4, right? Like, can I get an enlargement of that? But she would make me do that, and she would sit down, and she would critique my photos. And it sucked because it's, like, it almost sounded like, you know, when people critique your work or whatever it is that you do, you feel defensive about it because you're yeah, just, like, yeah, a lot like, of people do. Yeah, people do. And, you know, it's an ego thing, right? And it's also, like, an immature thing. Like, yeah. everybody, even me. Yeah. Like, during that time, and, like, my mom was always critiquing my work. Like, why'd you cut off this person's head? Yeah. You know, you did this and did that. But, you know, like, I, I hated it at the time. But that's what has given me my edge because my mom critiqued my work so hard yeah. that, like, I pay attention to things differently when I look at a photo now. Uh -huh. Like, uh -huh. when, I, when, I look at a, when I look at a shot, I'm paying attention to different things. You know, people's eyes, their expression, how much headspace do they have? Is it evenly balanced? You know, are they, you know... My mom didn't know the rule of thirds, but she... Like, the way that we... I remember my mom is a big fashionista also. Like, yeah. growing up, she... Like, she... Retail therapy was her thing. And uh, I remember we would get those Victoria's Secret catalogs. 
Um, and, uh, you know, that's why I could, like, totally look at a girl and be like, yeah, page 22, season four. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, 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 but basically, like, at night, my mom would look through these magazines or look through these catalogs and literally ask me, how do you think, she, how do you think they lit this? Yeah. How do you think they shot this? Where's the camera? That's dope. You see her eyes? She was how, a teacher. Yeah, she, you see her eyes, how she's looking up? Yeah. And my mom's not a photography whiz. Right, right, right. But she's, she understands angles, and she understands, like, like what it should like, look like. You know what you I'm know, saying? That, that final And so picture. she's like, you see, like, if you shoot it from down here, their chin and their throat looks big, right? But if you shoot it up here, you know, their eyes look bigger, and they look slimmer, right? Yeah. Like, stuff like that, right? Like, and then my dad will come in and like look at the eyes, like look at the eyes, like look at the key lighting. Where's where's the light coming from that they're shooting at, right? Mm. And then so these are things that I would be paying attention to. And this is before social media or digital cameras yeah. and stuff like that, right? And anyway, so my career started boosting up. Like like I was shooting weddings like begrudgingly, yeah. right? Uh, and then finally I realized what is it that I want to do? Because there were so many things that I wanted to do. I wanted to go to the military. I wanted to you know, maybe be a plastic surgeon or like, I don't know, like, you know, people put dreams in your head and you don't know what you want to do. But yeah. I knew that I had a lot of interest. But then I realized like one day I was walking through Times Square with my aunt and my cousin and stuff. And I was just trying to figure out my life at the ripe age of, you know, uh, no, at the early age of like 15, wow, four, 14, 14, that's 15 years old. Right. And um, I remember I was like, I hate this wedding stuff. I don't want to do. I don't want to be in a family business. I don't want to do any of this stuff. Then I looked up and I remember it was a Sean John P Diddy hmm. billboard where he's wearing his velour suit and he's just like has his arm raised up. And um, I was like, "That's a photograph. Somebody out there got paid to take that photo. Why can't that be me?" Hmm. And then my perspective changed that day. Like I just literally had an epiphany. Like. Right I don't there. have I don't have to use this camera to back. shoot. I don't have to use this camera to shoot weddings. So I started to try to shoot, you know, um, other things. And then uh, my stepdad at the time, um, you know, one of his tenants was a, uh, you know, a guy that worked for MTV or oh, something like that, right? right? Like like for their promotion team or whatever. And that was my introduction into shooting events and like you know shooting album release parties and all that stuff like yeah, yeah. you know now it's a normal thing for people yeah. like oh yeah you know come shoot my club or come shoot my whatever but like dude i was 16 years old bro living a double life on the weekends in new york city shooting at all the hottest clubs people think i'm like 26 27 <laughs> years old you know like and because i had a digital camera I had access like I was shooting all the hottest clubs, you know, trying to shoot different things, uploading it onto, you know, the Internet, you know, which was like a pain in the ass at the time because they didn't set it up for that, yeah. you know, and uh, I was getting paid like sixty dollars for the whole day, which is nothing, nothing. Yeah. you know, which is nothing. Right. And uh, but as a 16 year old, I was like. <laughs> I, was, I was fucking yeah. I was getting. Yeah, but it's not just money. I had access to. Whenever I wanted a bottle, like or or a section, years old. or a section, right? I I had it. I was cool with all the managers, all the bouncers, knew the owners, type shit, right? And not only that, I made it fun. Like I loved to dance at the time, so I wasn't just like a fly on the wall. I was like having a, t I was like, having a ball, bro. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. meeting people and stuff, and that broke me out into the world of like really learning how to network and learning how to be around right people. And for some reason, I, I felt like, you know the universe god just like brought 
people into my path just from, you know, the sheer enjoyment of like doing that and just being energetic and charismatic and stuff. And, you know, that opened up my, my eyes to like, okay, what else do I want to do? I don't want to keep shooting clubs. Right. And so I started getting introduced to like high fashion and I started really studying like, you know, what they had back then was like tear sheets because everything's mostly digital, but tear sheets is basically when you like look through magazines and you rip a page out that you like, but I used to do that before there was Pinterest, yeah, right? Wow. Like I would look through magazines, you know, um, like that I would find at those dope, like New York city delis with all the magazines and stuff. They would have like dope fashion magazines. And I was like, how did they shoot this? I started to do what my yeah. parents made me do. It's like, how did they shoot this? Why don't my photos look like this? Why don't, you know, I started trying to copy, like, how are they posing and all this stuff? Like what models are they using? Like, and I started to learn, uh, from doing that. And that's when I, uh, started to have an eye for fashion editorial work. Right. And I started to want to shoot, you know, um, fashion and, and and stuff like that you know and then i also uh assisted for you know photographers that were like uh photographers of rolling stone and vogue oh, and stuff like that hope, yeah. and that really elevated you know my uh awareness and my and my skill uh long story short or long story long <laughs> uh getting back to your question of how rmt started so uh my son was born in houston and you know i'm a i'm a, I'm a east coast you know tri-state kid you know and um i moved over there to go be with him and in houston the market is different you know what i'm saying it's not yeah, a it's big a different it's, market. Yeah, it's not a big urban area it's not a big fashion place and as much as you know there are fashion agencies out there like modeling agencies and stuff like they it's usually yeah they usually outsource it right and yeah. there's no money there for it right people over there is like oil and gas money, right? Like corporate stuff or like very conservative and stuff like that. So, you know, spending, I don't know, $2,000 or $4,000 on a photo shoot for a lookbook campaign is like asinine to them, yeah. right? Like they were thinking 500, right? Like <laughs> 300, 500. And after what is a while, prices when you were sixteen, bro. No, and seriously, like, like, no, like when I was going over that, I thought like, and every, I swear to God, I see it happen all the time. Now that I've been there so long, there's always like some hotshot LA kid or like New York guy or whatever that comes to Texas thinking that you know, oh, like I'm the hotshot. I'm gonna bring you know, it's like me bringing like Panda Express to Americans that have never had Chinese food before, and they're yeah. gonna like, oh my God, <laughs> like this is amazing, sweet and sour sauce, right? Like you know, and I thought I was gonna fucking change the game. Well, I was I've been over in Houston now for like eight years. Yeah. My son's about to be eight. So I was over there for like eight years. And for the first couple of years, I thought I was going to be like this hot shot. I was going to bring, you know, I'm going to like and I'll do it for a discounted rate. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I'm going to bring the East yeah, Coast. Feel, exactly. Feel I'm, I'm going to bring that Houston. high end fashion, you know, whatever. And bro, like it was almost laughable. Wow. Right. Because one, what I noticed about Texas is that. They're not going to like that I'm going to say this, but like Texas, they admire the L.A. and New York look or yeah. trend because, you know, those are the trendsetters. At the same I time, it's just Texas, though. I think that's uh, well, yeah, most most like places, most places, but like most that. places. Yeah. yeah, most places. But let's just say Texas, right? Like, yeah, we're like about Texas in, in the sense of like they have their fashion, you know, their modeling agencies and like, you know, their fashion designers and stuff. And mind you, there's a lot of Houston talent now. Then, though, like, there's a lot of people that they just want to do their own thing and they don't want to admit that they're, you know, inspired by L.A. or yeah, inspired yeah, yeah. by New York. It's like, oh, this is my own thing. You know, wow. this is, this yeah, is my, yeah. and, and everybody over there is trying to, 
be only now that I'm seeing more of a collaborative effort, but before it was like, yo, this is my thing. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's trying to keep to themselves. It was like the wild west. And so there was like, you know, um, no synergy, at least in New York. I felt like more people collabed, you know, um, and people worked together and stuff like that. And it was more professional and stuff. And they're not afraid to like, look stupid you know what i mean like but over there there's definitely a lot of pride and 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 the other thing is also that like uh even if you're a hot shot they would rather work with somebody they know so you have to you have to build a relationship with them before they're ready to like open up their pockets to them right it doesn't matter if you're fucking like i don't know like some some hot shot photographer from from new york unless you're like so big that they're gonna like benefit off your name right but other than that like nah like my guy has been loyal with me for however long right um so that's what i learned and then so after maybe three four five years i've been there eight years so maybe like three four five years i was trying to make a photography business work somehow yeah i tried the wedding thing but i couldn't stand doing that type of work Uh, um even when i tried to do it like in a cool you know modern way like i was like "Eh, it's not for me right and then I tried doing the fashion thing, but it, it didn't pay. Yeah. Right. It was inconsistent. It didn't pay. And there was a lot of stress, you know. Um, and then I was like, man, like, I ain't going back to work for somebody. Right. Like, I think the last year that I worked for, for somebody was like the end of 2014 or 2015. I moved over there like the beginning of 2014. Yeah. So after a year or two of being there, like I was like, I'm not going to wait tables anymore. Cause I had to wait tables or like get some sort of side job. I had a kid, you know what I mean? Like, and all this stuff. And my career wasn't popping off the way that I wanted it to. Yeah. And I wasn't making consistent money. And as an entrepreneur, the best way to think about your passion and to make money is like, you have to see a need. Nobody gives a fuck about, you know, like very rarely do they give a fuck about like what's cool yeah. right you know what i'm saying like the easiest way to make money is you find a need and you fill it and so i had to look for a need but then i also had to look at my skill set right like i have this skill set what is a need in this skill set that i could immediately meet right that has money who has my money i also yeah. have to ask that who has my money you know what i'm saying yeah. like i could i don't know i could make like a um I could make an invention or like a product or whatever, but if that that crowd of people doesn't have money, I just literally made a product for no reason. Yeah. Because they ain't gonna have money to pay for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I had to think like, okay, as an entrepreneur, I gotta make money. Where is it the most consistent? Like, how do I, you know, and and what need? And I was looking, and my mom has always been into real estate and stuff, and like I've always been around like people who were into real estate and builders and architects and stuff. And I started thinking, I was like okay cool and one day my mom was like shopping for a house or something like that and she sent me these videos to look at and i'm just like these videos are like 10 minutes long yeah one was even 25 minutes long. i'm oh like god damn gosh. like i don't got time for all this like and i'm looking through and they always play like these corny like <laughs> like stock like music yeah. right and i was just like why does it have to be like this yeah and then boom god gave me this epiphany boom like that because i was praying i was like i was like god I need, I don't want to go back to work. Like you gave me all this vision. You gave me all of this creativity for a reason. Like there has to be like, like it can't be for a waste. Yeah, for sure. But I have to make money too. Like I gotta be, have find a way to like feed my kid or live my life. And like, I can't do it like with inconsistency here and there. Like how do, how do I do this? Yeah. 
you know? An R-A-M-T. And then, boom, I was like, real estate videos are boring as fuck. Like, how do I, how do I make this fun? And then I realized, like, folk, uh, I, I was like, I can take all the things I love about fashion, commercial, and all the experience that I've gathered throughout my years and all the things I love about that and pour it into this industry that needs it yeah. and not only needs it, but has tons of marketing money Ooh. to use yeah. on that stuff, right? And in the world of social media, now that Instagram and YouTube and all this TikTok, stuff, everything, now yeah. there's a platform to put all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Before, this wouldn't have worked five years ago. No. Or maybe... Wait, 10 oh, years 10 ago. 10 years ago. Yeah, it wouldn't have worked, right? When I had my camera and stuff. Like, it wouldn't have worked even eight years ago when he was born, right? Because it was totally new. Like, we couldn't even play videos on Instagram, no. remember? So it's like, now that there's a platform for it, we can create content for it. And I was like, I bet. And you know what? I'm going to shoot real estate my way. Mm-hmm. Like, like I threw, I threw every, like, I watched all these videos, like, how to shoot real estate and stuff like that on YouTube. And I was like, this is based off of their rules. This yeah. is based off of the real estate market's rules, the old ways. W- what would I do if I was a realtor and I could do whatever I wanted and I shot the way that I wanted as a filmmaker or whatever, yeah. right? So I decided short, sweet, fun, exciting, and that's our mission statement. Like our mission statement is basically like how to make real estate mark- video marketing fun again. Yeah. Like, And it doesn't always have to be like catalog style oh, yeah. stuff, right? So that's a main difference about REMT the reason I call it real estate movie trailers is because I am a big movie buff. Like I love movies. Yeah, honestly, when I when I look at your trail, like your movie trailers, yeah. and your real estate movies, yeah. I'm I'm like, is there more? Right. And it's like, as a, if I'm a consumer, if I'm someone who's wanting to to go and and buy a house, I'm gonna want to watch these videos, these trailers. Exactly. Um. So not only does it attract the buyer's eye, right? Right. You're gonna get. If I'm the seller, I'm definitely gonna want to have a dope right. trailer. To get people to come right. and buy. But here, here's the thing. Think of this, though. Like, we do it. I'm sure you do it on your phone, too, when you're scrolling through Instagram. I would rather somebody watch my 15-second video a thousand times than my two-minute video one time. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? hundred so, percent. And that's also the beauty. Like, I, the, 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 very, the well, very genesis so of people, this. People's attention spans doesn't even last 15 true. seconds. True. But think of it this way, though. Like, the, why do you think music videos are so popular? Like, that's originally my dream. My dream was to become a music video director. Like, uh, because it's short and sweet. It's long enough where, you know, I could work on it and it's cool. But then it's instant enough where, you know, I could keep making them. Yeah. Rather than a full feature film or something like that, right? And so, yeah, I didn't mention that. I love music videos, right? Like, that was where my initial inspiration came from. And I was like, how do I create these videos? There's countless houses, you know, countless realtors. And how do I shoot it my way? How do I make it fun, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's that's how REMT came to be, you know? And I just shot it in a fun way. I shot it how I would want to watch it, you know? And um, it piques interest, it, you know, it, and it caught a lot of people's eyes. Like I shot with some guys from the show Million Dollar Listing oh, dope. and some of their team members contacted me also to do some work. Uh, and then as my business mindset started to create, you know, the, the system for the entire company because a part of it is also that I didn't want to be a video guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Steve Jobs could easily have been a computer guy, but he's not a computer guy. He's a business guy, right? with a vision right and so remt also had to be bigger than me right like i didn't want it to be like oh these are vin's videos no these are rmt videos right and 
I wanted to revolutionize the video marketing scene here in America, you know? Uh, uh, and so my vision started to expand like that. And that's why like, I'm constantly hiring people, constantly training people, you know, our editors, our shooters, you know, our producers and stuff like that. Um, and uh, so you built a nice team. Yeah, well, I'm still, building, still building, I'm still yeah. building, but that's the genesis of it. And it's hard because it's like, I've never done it before. And there are some things that I'm learning along the way. That was um, my next question in the sky. Yeah, but, right but, but it's like, you know, that's what the innovation is as far as like, always trying to innovate and keep our main thing the main thing. And the main thing is like to make, be fun and exciting. Like, you know, I don't want to do the same old thing over and over again, right? Um, and educating people on, on things. You know, the, the, be the best way to put it is like the difference between a flip phone and a smartphone. Mm. And the way that people have been utilizing real estate video has been very flip phone. It's like it has a one trick pony, right? Yeah. But with a smartphone, there's so many things you could do more than just making a phone call. So in the same way, there's more things that you can do rather than just showing every room in the house f to use video for. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Wow. It's yeah. a lot of info. A lot yes. of great info. Yes. Have fun cutting this up. <laughs> You're going to help me. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I appreciate everything, you know, you spoke about. I mean, I think you, you, you talked about, obviously, your childhood, your yeah. mom, how, she, you know, one of the questions was, you know, who's somebody who's inspired you or motivated? And without you even knowing or realizing, I think your mom's somebody who's inspired and motivated you. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure Caleb is part of your motivation now as well. Um, you know, but, you know, to close this, I guess, yeah, everything you spoke about is you know what I want people to understand. You know, one of the well, actually one of the questions. Did you go to college for this, or uh, were you self-taught? Mostly, mostly, self most of my success is self-taught. Self-taught, and and I think that's part of like you know, I want people to understand out there that you know, it's okay if you don't go to college, or it's okay if you don't yeah. take an interest in and take a class or whatnot. I mean, I'm not saying don't do it. It's it's smart to take a class. It's smart to get into it and, well, and practice. Well, I feel like and, I feel like focusing more on education than it is on certification. Right. You know, and, and, you know, if you watch, you know, go to his IG, you know, follow his films on YouTube as well. Um, you know, real estate movie trailers, real estate movie trailers .com. you know, just check out his page and, and, and just see the quality. This was all self-taught, you know, in life, you can self-teach yourself. Yeah. A to lot do of this practice and yeah. practice practice you know they say practice makes perfect yeah. but there's no such thing as being perfect practice you want to talk about practice, practice? right now but um you know practice practice makes better right yeah you know the more you practice the better you get at something yes um and and i i think for for in this situation in this story you know yeah. it, it's it's where your motivation came from um where you were inspired like i said earlier um you self-taught yourself I think um, the I think the issue with that that most people have is that they don't want to look stupid. Um, what I was gonna but, say, I was gonna say it earlier. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with looking stupid, right? Um, absolutely, it's part of the process. Everybody looks stupid. It's part of the process at one point or another, and you learn from it. Yes. And it's part of the process, um, and I, and and that's pretty much what this platform is, right? This podcast, the Greater Life Podcast yeah. platform, is for people to come on here and talk yeah. about their stories. Yeah. Um, and understand that we all fail or you, you know, need to you like we fail we learn from it and we grow dude like um, jordan jordan says all the time man jordan he's, got cut from his jv team exactly no but he's saying like he he lost he missed more shots than he actually made but people remember all the shots that he made yeah. right so it's like you know like um it's 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 an ego thing it's an ego and it's insecurity thing but 
it's one of those things where it's like if you know that it's part of the process it kind of helps me to like let go of the fear of looking dumb because i know that that's just where i am right now yeah you know like even in my like yoga journey and stuff like that like i was never a yogi but then um i just started going every day and i just i was patient with myself mm. that's how you love yourself also you know that you don't got it today yeah but you keep showing up every day and then you hit critical mass where it's like those little bits is a tipping point and then you get better at something you know what i mean and before i couldn't hold a handstand now i could hold a handstand for a little while you know what i mean easily um and stuff like that but it, it, you know it just be patient with yourself and be um be grateful for the one percent that you achieve today you know what i'm saying i mean it just brings me to the the new nike commercial have you seen it where no. it's all these athletes failing at what they're doing like they're trying different things like so i yeah. think um i forget her name but she's like a WNBA star she's trying i think tennis for the first time and she's mm -hmm. failing miserably um there's kids they show a scene where like kids trying to do you know learn how to skateboard failing miserable mm. but the simple fact that you tried something new right like you tried something new without caring about failing right but you tried it right right i think i think the message in that that commercial yeah. is try everything and anything that you can yeah and maybe you'll and find keep love trying for it again and and maybe you'll master it and yeah. it becomes your thing yeah but well, in thing, this sense, yeah. you know, not to cut you, like, you know, real quick, you know, in this sense, right, you know, real estate movie trailers, it's something that you started off on your yeah. own. You tried it and it's pretty successful. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's the moral of the story. You know, yeah. try even if you're going to And fail. adjust along the way, man. Like adjust along the way, you know, like just just keep growing, keep keep pushing your limits and keep trying and even when you have something good yeah. you're going you're going to screw up because you've never done it before yeah. right like so it's it's okay and part of that is like even biologically your your brain is creating new pathways in your mind right mm. like it's so used to doing something it's like creating roads right and so in the same way it's like when you even in real life when they build a new road or a new highway to get somewhere it's never been there before mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you're getting used to the the route you take, to you take, take to work. Road. You know what I'm saying? You don't know where it's leading you. Yeah. To. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, man, I appreciate you you having me on the show. And, oh, for um, sure, man. I appreciate you. You know, coming on the show. Let's go. Let's uh, go. Let's go do some kayaks and and uh, yeah. and get um, a tan. <laughs> and before before I let you go, I mean, I, I wanna I wanna finish off almost every episode, I guess, uh -huh. with just one question. What is your message to the world? If you had a message that you can give to the viewers, listeners, or to the world, what's that one message you would give? It's a, it's a loaded question, but I guess off the top of my head, life is a journey, man. Like, I don't want to sound like cliche, but the more that I live it and the more that I'm in tune and, and connecting, it's, it's, it's both macro and micro. It's both the big and the small things, you know, even just sitting here and enjoying the breeze and just like being in this moment and being present but then also like learning from my past and and looking towards the future it's like we have this one life and the beauty is experiencing all of those things you know including the failure including the the heartbreak or whatever it is and the beauty of 
overcoming it and, and the triumph of fighting against that. And, you know, it's, it's all being written for you. It's all, it's the, and I'm not saying like, it's all being written for you. You're, you're writing it as you go. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. it's the beauty of experiencing, you know, the taste of food or like the love that you have for a friend or, you know, whatever it is, it's all in those moments. And, um, you know, it's, it's not that serious all the time. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just let, let things go. Laugh, love. Yeah. What I could give is like, I believe God created us so that we can experience all that he has and experience his love, which is the, the ultimate thing. And in the same way I can relay it because I have my son and my utmost message for him, if, if I were to die today or something like that, what I would want for him is that he lives his life to the fullest, you know? That doesn't mean like doing dumb shit. But it doesn't like, mean YOLO. Yeah, it, you know, but it means like living live every moment, full. live yeah. it fully, you know, like like love fully, you know, be present, like experience and taste and see and feel and be there for people and like feel what it feels to have compassion and to have passion and joy and like all these moments. And, you know, some of these moments are created in you know some of these some of these experiences are created in moments with between people or between you know um a a, a, a struggle or you know what i'm saying mm. so it's all part of that and the beauty is that you get to decide you get to choose how you want to live it out you get to choose how you respond to what happens to you right and you get to choose you know what your story is going to be yeah you know, so I guess that's a short, long. You get to you get whatever. to <laughs> tell you no, and and what I'll close it off with this, but you tell your story so others can learn from it, gain from it, yeah, whatever it is, and and that's part of the again. Well, I mean, even that's if part even of the if podcast not platform greater life, right? But we're, we're here to share your stories and. But even if not, even if nobody learned from this or whatever, like even if nobody someone's gonna learn from this, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be great. But what I'm saying is like, let's just say my life, like. I didn't give this to anybody or or nobody learned from this or whatever it would still it would still be wonderful yeah you know what I'm saying? it would still be this beautiful life right yeah. it would still be this experience this you know whatever this is right yeah. like i think under like this conversation we had today mm -hmm. um it, it's going to remind you what you just spoke about and you're gonna be like man yeah i, didn't, I haven't thought about this in a while yeah for i sure. haven't so like you just self-centered yourself sure. and you're now like man like i i should be maybe dude, maybe you're struggling with something presently or whatever yeah. and you just kind of look back and you're like man I, i'm gonna push myself to to do this no and of that. course and so, it goes back to what i was saying before where it's a daily even, thing yeah it's it's staying in the present and if nobody learns or anything from that you know what self-love is the best of you just expressed everything that you know you've gone through yeah. and and at the end of the day today you know you figured yourself out you talk to yourself mm -hmm. it's almost like therapy it is and, man um, like people don't talk to themselves enough you know um, and recenter or at least you know yeah it's it's a form of prayer it's a form of meditation and therapy like yeah. you know for me i cling to god and and you know i'm i'm constantly you know in gratitude yeah. you know and i'm constantly uh trying to figure out like what he wants me to do next you know what i'm saying and um just uh yeah just just recentering it's recentering it's like a gps just okay. keep recentering back okay. to the main thing back to the main thing you know and you look up and you've lived an amazing life you know or a full life and that's what i would want for anybody a greater life thanks for tuning in guys you know this is episode 
567. Yeah. Um, and I hope you guys tune in, man. Yeah, have a good one. Later.